And the Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to. Breaking Bad. Batman. Modern Family. Feet. Homeland. The Crown. Succession. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Series podcast, where we, the folks over at Next Best Picture, talk about television. That's right. We don't always just talk about film. And this is actually marking a very special episode for us, because moving forward, instead of doing just one of these a month, as we've done in the past, during the Oscar offseason and the lead up to the Emmy Awards, we are actually going to be increasing our output to do Next Best Series on a bi-weekly basis. So two episodes a month now. This way we can keep you all up to date on the new shows that are being watched over here at Next Best Picture. We have a lot of enthusiastic television watchers. We also want to encourage guests to come on as well to talk about shows that they're watching. But also, too, we want to keep track of what's going on in the Emmy race. Who are the contenders? It's such a big television landscape out there and we are very excited to be giving you more coverage than before and we'll see where it goes in the future we're also going to be answering some fan questions on this episode and everything that we haven't done before but you are all familiar with from the normal regular next best picture podcast episode so happy to implement those and here to help me do it this week i have Alyssa christian hello and giovanni lago Hello, everyone. So, what I thought would be a good way to bring people back was I thought, let's deliver on a promise that I made to the listeners. Now, only the listeners with the most attuned hearing will remember that when we covered the Critics' Choice Awards, the Golden Globe Awards, and the SAG Awards, we skipped the television winners. Because I said, it's late. The show has happened. Everybody has to go to bed. I'm going to skip the television winners and we'll get back to those at a later date when they are relevant. Well, guess what, people? The relevance is now. (laughs) We are in the midst of Emmy season. So what I thought would be a very interesting way to bring us back into television talk is instead of going over what we've been watching at home on streaming or on broadcast, I figured let's talk about some of these winners and see where things stand currently as we head into this Emmy season. So kind of starting off here with the Golden Globe winners, uh, I want to kick it over to the television side first over there with... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Uh, Let's see what we got here. We had Best Performance by a Supporting Actor in a Musical Comedy or Drama television series. This one went to Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary. Now, Tyler James Williams did not win for season one of Abbott Elementary, uh, but I'm starting to get the feeling that he will definitely be up for it again this year for season two and probably stands a better chance this year to win than previously. Don't you agree? Yes. Yeah, sure. But he's, he's going to be facing a lot more stiff competition, I imagine. I mean, he's got the Barry boys to contend with. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is going to definitely. I mean, Brett Goldstein. I mean. Yeah, they love him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Our favorite uh, celebrity grouch, you know, making headlines with Harrison Ford, you know, could come in and cause him trouble. I could definitely see that happening. It's actually a yeah. pretty competitive category at the moment. Yeah, it really is. 
Okay, then we also have Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series, Musical, or Comedy, Jeremy Allen White, The Bear. This is not the last time I will mention this person's name, for <laughs> he's been on a sweep of the televised awards as of late. Do we think that that could continue into Emmy season here? It's, you know, the Emmys love doing this thing where if we love you, we we could just keep giving it to you. And with comedy actor, that's a thing that we have Ted Lasso in the mix. Um, but I think Jeremy Allen White for The Bear is he's he's my number two currently for the Emmy for actor, lead actor in comedy. I He's been doing great. And I think a lot of people are on notice for that show and. I think he also probably does have a lot of goodwill for all the years he did Shameless. You know, William H. Macy was always the one that got recognized for that series, but he was doing some pretty great work on that show, too. And I think, you know, with The Bear, it's a perfect storm. And I think the show will overall, we'll probably talk about it more as it goes on, will uh, probably do uh, pretty solid nominations. So I th- he's in the hunt. I would say he's in the hunt. This was also, for me, probably one of my new favorite shows of this year that I've seen overall. It's one of the most critically acclaimed. It got a tremendous amount of organic buzz, really rised from obscurity. Not many people knew about this show when it first dropped, and then all of a sudden you just kept hearing people talk about the bear all summer long. And now, at this point, he's really been the representative win for it at all these other award shows. What you were saying before, Giovanni... You know, Bill Hader was the repeat winner for Barry season one and season two. Then when he goes up against Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso Mm. in his second season, Jason Sudeikis won when he did not go up against Bill Hader for the first season. But when they went head to head, they went with Sudeikis. So now Bill Hader's run has ended. Sudeikis now is on a run with the first two seasons. Does it end here for him or do they go three for three with Jason It's going to be tight. I don't think Bill Hader has a shot to come back, no matter how good the performance is in Barry season four. But I think it's closer than people think between Jeremy Allen White and Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like Giovanni said, I mean, the Emmys really do love to honor the same people over and over. But, you know, Jeremy Allen White is definitely some great competition right there for Jason Sudeikis. All right. So then we have Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series, Musical, or Comedy, Quinta Brunson, Abbott Elementary. Now, she won the Emmy for writing a comedy series last year, did not win for acting. But now a lot of people seem to have it flopped this time around where she's not winning for writing for season two, and instead she they have her winning for acting. I have a feeling she could take both this year. She could. Yeah, I, I think it's very possible. Um I think in the actress race currently for lead actress in comedy, it's not, I wouldn't say stacked, but last year, I mean, you at least had like Gene Smart and then there were still people who were like, well, maybe the Kaylee Cuoco, you know, has some goodwill. Although season two of The Flight Attendant was nowhere near what season one was. I mean, that character was very enjoyable to watch and she really did carry that show. But I think, you know, with, both of them gone from the race this year. Uh, Gene Smart, I mean, I, I'm assuming Hacks season three doesn't come out in time. Um, I, I think they're still in production. It's looking very great for Quinta right now. Like, it's it's pretty wide open in terms of lead actress comedy. And um, we're going to keep talking about her as we keep going on throughout this pod. Yeah. So. I mean, currently at this time, I have Ted Lasso winning writing and Quinta winning actress. But once again, she's facing some stiff competition here. The the love fest for Abbott could be over with the Emmys, or it could be just beginning. Because even though it didn't win comedy series last year, maybe the love for it has picked up and more people have watched the show that it could be in it to win for best comedy series. Quinta could win lead actress. It might win a few of the supporting uh, performances as well. Like it, it could definitely outdo season one's performance this year. However, once again, Ted Lasso, the strength is very much still present. Then you have all these other new shows like Wednesday, Poker Face. Will they want to recognize these shows somewhere? What about Beef? That's coming in a few days' time. So there's definitely a lot of 
options to choose from. I would say I don't I don't think she's a runaway favorite, but I would feel pretty good about saying that she's probably going to walk away with something this year. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident that she will win something and it seems that she might be more likely to win in acting, but you know, writing is definitely possible because the writing is part of what makes that show so great. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a musical comedy or drama television series went to Julia Garner for Ozark. And Ozark is done. Finito. Over. <laughs> yeah, so that means that it leaves it open for possibly Cheryl Lee Ralph to come back and win again, especially after the amazing speeches she's been giving. Well, I mean, she wouldn't be competing against her in this category either way because uh, that, that's a comedy show. Oh, that's sorry. <laughs> yeah. But in, but in the drama supporting actress uh, category, without Julia Gardner there, this does leave it open now for either Jennifer Coolidge for The White Lotus Sicily, Sarah Snook for Succession, who hasn't won yet, mm-hmm. and... You're going to say it. Say it. It, it. it would take a miracle, truly. I, yeah, but, yeah. It would really take a miracle, but I, I'm not giving up on Rhea Seahorn. I, I, I can't. I, I, I would say she's the default three at this point, just because the overall show and, like, the goodwill for her, and I, it's great. It's so good. Uh, like, astounding performance. It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that it's so good and nobody seems to care. Yeah, it's just, you know, we're going to keep talking about Jennifer Coolidge a lot, like not just in this pod, but like throughout the whole season. They love Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, why stop there? She won the Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role for a Limited Series at the time. But Mm -hmm. now because of Cicely competing in the drama category, she's out of the Limited Series, Anthology, all of that. She's, She's out of that category and now she's competing in drama and... She won last year. She's not coming back on the White Lotus for season three. So do they just go for her again? Because I don't think White Lotus is going to do as well this year at the Emmys as it did last year. Last year, it even overperformed and exceeded my expectations for how well it was going to do. Oh, yeah. I really really do think if, like, in the Emmys, if – White Lotus gets the win. It is Coolidge. She's the representative win because now that it's in drama, there is a bit more competition this year compared to limited series last year where it was easily able to dominate. So Coolidge could be the lone rep for the whole the whole team there. But then, you know, um, we mentioned Sarah Snook. Um, Succession's on right now. Momentum could shift and given like we got months, you know, there's time and the first two episodes alone of this season. She is putting in some of the best work she has of the series so far. So it's it's really just, you know, momentum. And we've talked about hypotheticals offline. And uh, there, we, there's an article on the site if you guys want to check it out of um, the possibility, maybe that. What would happen if they moved either Coolidge or Snook to lead actress and how that would benefit either of them, you know, and it's 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 too much. It's it's really stacked between those three. And I'm going to say I, I don't really don't think they're going to move either one of them to lead. Truthfully. Yeah, yeah I think unlikely. Yeah. So next up, we have best performance by an actor in a supporting role, limited series anthology motion picture made for television. This went to Paul Walter Hauser for Blackbird, who I think if there's going to be a win for Blackbird, it would probably come from here, is my guess, because that was just such a transformative, lose yourself in the role type of performance. It creeped people out. It's very memorable. Oh, absolutely. The way he alters his voice for that, and he has some really great standout scenes. And if they do recognize the show, that would be a great way to do it. But they might recognize it in another way by maybe acknowledging Ray Liotta, who mm-hmm. tragically passed away recently. That's true. And he is really good at it. As much as that would be cool, I don't think that would happen because that's just given off shades of what we recently experienced with Michael K. Williams, at, who is astounding in that season of Lovecraft and should have won. And unfortunately, he passed before the ceremony, like 
during the end of voting or like right after and they still went with Tobias Menzies for the crown. They would just like here crown everything. So I don't know if they really go in with the mindset of that. But if when we're talking about Paul Walter Hauser, though, like he's he's looking good right now. He, it, they like the role. This just in general, not even just a limited series as a whole. The Emmys this year, uh, very uh, serial killer heavy. They are going in this year, which is interesting. <laughs> okay, so then the next category here is someone that's not going to be competing because she won the Emmy last year. Best performance by an actress in a limited series, Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. So without her presence in this category, I was looking at the Golden Globe nominees here, and the only one that is eligible this year is Jessica Chastain for George and Tammy, and she won the SAG. So does that put her in the front runner position at this time? Or do we think that maybe a front runner could emerge in this category that we haven't seen yet? Or is there a surprise in the wings waiting? Let's not let's sure. Let's just say for now she is. I mean, I was pretty surprised that she won SAG. I think that just category, it's really it's just up in the air. Um, so, I mean, for now, we could say, sure, Justine's lead. I mean, um, Elizabeth Olsen, Love and Death, I was touching on Serial Killers. That's a show that comes out later on. You know, maybe she wins a favor. I know Riley Keough had a, a great performance in Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, but that that category, it, it's really just, you can just pick, throw a dart, throw a dart somewhere, you know? Yeah, I agree. It is kind of hard to predict at the moment because there are some things that haven't come out. I mean, I think even Dominic Fishback for Swarm can get in there, which would be great. She's amazing. But honestly, at this point, it could be anyone. I'm starting to see a lot of people actually push back on Swarm right now. There's a lot of think pieces about it. And... I'm wondering if that could hurt the movie, not the movie, Jesus. I'm in Oscar mode over here, sorry. But I'm wondering if that could hurt the show in terms of its Emmy performance, ultimately. It's possible. I mean, it depends on how hard they're pushing her specifically. But yeah, I mean, I've seen the show and it's definitely not for everyone. I can see why people are not, you know, always on it. But it really depends on how strong her performance is. Now, here's someone that is an Emmy darling who previously won very recently for Mayor of Easttown, Best Performance by an Actor in a Limited Series, Evan Peters' Monster, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story. Now, this was a hit show, very popular. So many people were talking about this when it dropped on Netflix, for good or for bad, might I add. However, I wonder, and this would be really shocking, but I seriously do wonder... If it's possible that Daniel Radcliffe for Weird the Al Yankovic story could surprise and actually overtake him in this category. That would be awesome, actually. A television movie performance. Could you imagine? I I feel like we haven't seen that happen in ages. I would prefer that by a million years. Like, could we make that happen? That would be amazing. I I would love that. I would stand in my house watching the Emmys and I would cheer. Now, is that because you have... Negative feelings towards Dahmer or? Yes. That, yeah. I okay. was not really. Bi- I now now in terms of predicting, I I I sadly think it, I think Evan Peters might just go all the way. You know, the Ryan Murphy factor, that show took a lot of people for by storm. I just personally didn't really dig the show. It's not really my thing. And just like a story that I really need to see on screen. But like, I mean, Evan Peters is good. Like. It's entertaining. It's just personally, I wasn't like, I'm not as huge as on a Dahmer hive as a bunch of people are. So then we have best television series, anthology series, or motion picture made for television. And this went to the White Lotus. Now, looking at the other contenders that are here, you had Blackbird, Monster. And now kind of thinking over the category this year without the presence of the White Lotus once again. I'm of the mindset that probably either Blackbird or Daisy Jones and the Six. 
Yeah, it's possible that either one of those, or even Monster, despite it being divisive, but it's really hard to predict this category at the moment. Yeah, what about Love and Death, though? I feel like that is maybe going to come out and take people by storm. I I agree. I mean, for the previews that HBO um, have been reeling around with uh, Olsen and and Jesse Plemons, they look very good in it. I, I think that could be actually... A big thing. Another <clears throat> speaking of HBO limited series, um, White House Plumbers. The trailer came out recently for that, and it does look pretty good. And it is, you know, with everything going on it, it, politically, you know, it kind of something that could resonate. And Woody Harrelson and Justin Theroux and Lena Headey and and uh, Judy Greer in it, you know. So I mean, I think that maybe could be something. It it really seems that like HBO is coming in maybe to this 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 whole limited series race and it's like don't worry we got you we know it's it's a little lacking this year but we'll step in okay so then the next category we have up up here is best performance by an actor in a television series drama and they went with kevin costner for yellowstone which everybody thought yellowstone was going to have a big presence at the emmys last year because the show's popularity is through the roof. Didn't turn out to be. They went with another show that had yellow in the title, but not this one. Do you think that the Emmys are just never going to catch on to Yellowstone? Or are we just like going to continue to hold out hope that Yellowstone will eventually rise up? I think I think the dream might have died. I I was I know I talked to you, Matt. I was one of those people <laughs> last year. I was like, look, you got to listen the SAG Ensemble and NBR and the ratings and it didn't pan out. And uh, as someone who watches Yellowstone uh, this season currently, I, I really have been very disappointed with. I don't think the quality has been as on par compared to previous seasons. And it's only the first half. The second half isn't out yet. So... Even, actually, yeah, because the new Emmy rules that like the entire season has to be out before I uh, this what was the May, June or so, a certain time. It's not like we could do split seasons anymore for Emmy consideration. It all has to come out for one year. Maybe if like anything is just Costner. But uh, at this point, uh, maybe some text. I It seems like they would probably like one of the more limited series, like uh, the 1880, whatever, and the 1923, probably more than Yellowstone at this point. Best television series, musical or comedy, Abbott Elementary. But Abbott Elementary, you know, one thing I want to note about its presence during award season is that at almost every single award show, it always had a presence. It was either always nominated or won usually at least one award on the evening. So Abbott Elementary has just simply not gone away. It's managed to stay in people's consciousness. I do worry, though, that considering that the second season did air a little while ago, and now we're getting all these other new shows at this point, this is where I'm starting to wonder if instead of Abbott doing a sweep this year and winning uh, you know, two supporting awards, Quinta for Actress, Writing Again, comedy series i'm thinking that it's only going to pick up one or two of these prizes instead of overperforming but you know that's that's my current feel on things at the moment well it's actually still ongoing i think there are a couple episodes left of season two but yeah it's mostly done with this season but i mean it's definitely not a sophomore slump everybody is still doing really well the writing's great so I hope it stays in the conversation for sure. Do you think it will stay in the conversation? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends, especially with, you know, Ted Lasso just releasing now and Shrinking finished and all of these. So, yeah, it's hard to know. See, I think we're overestimating Shrinking, if I'm being completely honest with you. You know, new shows have a hard time getting in, usually unless if they're pretty undeniable. Mm-hmm. And I think shrinking from what I've heard, I haven't watched it yet, but from what I've heard, I understand it's really well liked, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that could perform on the level of something like, like how Abbott Elementary performed in its first season. You know, everybody expected right. it to do a little bit better and it won a major award, but it wasn't a sweeper or anything like that. 
I, I will say that first season, though, I mean, it did get multiple. It got like four acting nominations, an acting win, a writing win, the series. Uh, so, like overall, as it did, and I, I as a whole, it, Abbott did pretty solid its first season, especially for a network. Oh yeah, that's right. Cheryl Lee Ralph won last yeah, year. Yeah, that's, that's right. And that was a huge. That was a huge shock too, because everyone was like, if anyone it was going to be Janelle James for that series. So that whole thing just was a beautiful blessing. I think with shrinking, I, I, I do agree with what you mean. Like it, it, comedy is stacked this year and there's a lot of shows they'll probably just return back to. I think if any of like these new comedy shows you've, we've mentioned with like you've said, like sh- uh, poker face or Wednesday, I think shrinking would be that show and it would be absolutely like the eighth spot. And I think also, you know, it's Apple has the power behind it. Uh, it is well liked the possibility of getting most likely two acting nominations, hopefully three. Uh, we'll get into that later. I, I, like, I think it's like could do a solid nowhere near like Abbott level uh, first year, but I think that's a show, especially with as a bunch of shows start ending this year, like Atlanta, Maisel, Lasso on, and space clears out for the following years. It's going to just get more and more. And then best television series drama, in kind of a shocker, went to the first season of House of the Dragon from the Golden Globes. I say shocker because in its entire run, Game of Thrones never won the Golden Globe for best television series drama. And I understand that House of the Dragon was pretty hot when it was airing. And it did really, really well for HBO in terms of its viewership numbers, its streaming numbers, and by all accounts, from even the skeptics who were worried about going back to the world of Westeros after the disappointment that was Game of Thrones Season 8, everybody pretty much said, oh no, this is pretty good. I'm glad to be back. Let's see where this goes. But I'm wondering if the love fest for Game of Thrones is going to carry over in terms of wins for this. I almost feel like it's going to have a very similar trajectory as Game of Thrones might have had, where it'll get the nominations but it might take time for it to build up in its uh, wins over the, over the you know course of however many seasons they ultimately end up doing three or four. Yeah, I think that it will probably pick up several nominations, maybe for drama. Probably Emma Darcy, maybe Matt Smith, and a couple of others. Patty Considine is also a possibility. But yeah, I'm not expecting it to overperform. But definitely in the text, I'm thinking that it'll do pretty well. Yeah, I think in terms of text, you know, without Westworld, well, actually, no, Westworld technically might get nominated this year. I don't know. It, because Westworld is now a canceled show, I, I just, I honestly, I, I have no idea how the Emmys are going to respond to it. But Stranger Things is not going to be there this year. That we know. Um, oh, no, wait a minute. The second half of Stranger Things is going to be there this year. It would only be like in um... the final two episodes. But wouldn't it be like in TV movie or something like that this year? I think I don't. Are you sure about that? I'm, I'm going to say I'm 100 percent sure, but I don't know if it would qualify. It's only two episodes. I don't know if it would qualify for a, like a drama. If that's true, that would be pretty, it's pretty substantial for the, uh, you know, for those t- for those categories. I don't think I don't think so. I feel like we would have heard about this. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody talking about this. But also for like, you know, tech heavy shows and uh, drama. I mean, we got The Last of Us now coming in the race, too. So that's a show that could get a lot of makeup and score and visual effects and directing. So so bottom line, what you're telling me is that you don't think the momentum is there for House of the Dragon to no. win drama series. No. no, no. OK. I think if we're looking at HBO's like priorities for like because they it's so much they have this year that can probably all get in. I would probably say House of Dragon is a bit in the lower end compared to White Lotus and Last of Us and Succession. Well, let's ask this question: Which show had the better viewing numbers, House of the Dragon or Last of Us? Last of Us. Last of Us had a larger debut first season. Like, I think probably the largest debut first season in terms of rating. I think it did better than House of Dragon, and it doesn't have, I mean, besides people who play the game, like that built in, you know, Game of Thrones fan base that HBO spent like years building up. 
in terms of like because I mean Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones. It was like one of the biggest things ever. I I, I think the and also The Last of Us is currently out now. Um, the first season just wrapped. Pedro Pascal is like the hottest thing uh, in Hollywood right now. Like every if you're not watching Amando or Last of Us, like he's everywhere. I think you know in terms of momentum and just current things, like I think Last of Us is is definitely it. Okay. So then moving over next to the Critics' Choice Awards, this is where uh, things might get a little bit more complicated now because over here we've got a couple of different things to uh, discuss. First of all, we've got Best Talk Show. Kind of a no surprise here. Last week tonight with John Oliver. I mean, he's going to win the Emmy every single year, right? Yeah, congratulations, you know. Um... Yeah, we can move on from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best animated series goes to Harley Quinn. What do we think about that? I haven't seen it, so I can't say, but I've heard it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really pay attention that much to the animated series and how well they do at the Emmys, to be honest with you. I'm just not that invested ever since BoJack Horseman ended. I- actually, no, that is a lie. Uh, <laughs> I was really invested in Arcane. Yeah, Arcane was awesome. Yeah, yeah. so I I, I, I I shouldn't lie. BoJack Horseman and Arcane, those have been like my two <laughs> that I was really into. Uh, Best Foreign Language Series, Pachinko won the Critics' Choice. Now, have you both seen Pachinko? I have not, unfortunately. I have, I have not finished it. I really Yo, do. you guys are messing up. I know, I know. I, I, I need to dedicate time to f- I watched like the first three episodes and I, I didn't get back to it but it's okay you know why because that was for last year I'm pretty sure wasn't it exactly so yeah. it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right then we have best supporting actress in a limited series or movie made for television Nisi Nash for Dahmer now along with Evan Peters I think Nisi Nash is in a really good position this year mm-hmm. for the Emmy yeah, and even if you don't like the show, it's hard to admit that she is really good in it, and it would be nice to see her win something. I totally agree, yeah. Her biggest competition appears to be Claire Danes for Fleshman? Fleischman? The Fleischman's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, very good show. Then we have another win for Paul Walter Hauser, supporting actor in limited series. See, he he just kept on winning uh, with with these two, but then uh, he did not win at the um, SAG Awards. I don't I don't even think he would. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, he was nominated, but he didn't win there. So the streak the streak ended. Who won at SAG for that? Sam Elliott, eighteen eighty three. God, yeah, okay, just had to. <laughs> I remember our collective reactions to that whole win, and everyone was like, "Oh my god." Oh, my God. Like, that, that, yeah. that was the most shocking win of the night. Like, absolutely blown away. Well, because I remember Jessica Chastain was the first award, oh. and that took us <laughs> by surprise. And then Sam Elliott coming after her. Uh, I feel like I'm skipping ahead to SAG right now. Might as well. Um, it just rocked us all. But now we're in a position where we're taking Jessica Chastain seriously for a win for George and Tammy. Yeah, it could have just been a SAG thing because they love him. Who knows? Yeah. Well, that still leaves an opening for Dear Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, The Dropout, Actress in a Limited Series, once again, not eligible this year. Uh, we have new contenders that are up for it. But then in Best Actor in a Limited Series or Movie Made for Television, that's where Daniel Radcliffe ended up winning for Weird. And that's what's giving me a small glimmer of hope that we might see him pull ahead at the Emmys, I mean, like I said, it's a hard uphill battle for television movies in this day and age. But I think that that performance really does have the goods. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It was very fun performance. I mean, it also then won for best movie made for television at the Critics' Choice Awards. So even if he doesn't win for actor, I would feel pretty confident saying that it has a good chance to win that category at the Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be great because that was such a fun movie and I feel like people slept on that movie. Well, they only made it available to watch on Roku and how many people have Roku? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I do, but not everyone does. Best limited series went to the dropout. Once again, not eligible. 
Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Abbott Elementary, repeating her win from last year's Emmy Awards. I'm pretty sure that's how that ended up happening. I do want to ask, in that category, though, do we think that she is going to repeat at the Emmys this year? Ooh. It's that, a yeah. tough category. Tough. You also have Hannah Waddingham. And, you know, in her own show, there's Janelle Janes and hopefully Lisa Ann Walter working in as well. So, I honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, do we think that Janelle would trade wins with Shirley Ralph after we thought that they were going to go for her in season one and they didn't? It would be kind of shocking, I think, at this point now. Season two, I, I would say... Sh- shocking more so because i think she had more standout material in the first season i think i wouldn't say like the ava character goes back a bit in season two and she does have great moments and um, janelle james will get nominated but i think a lot of season two if it's not barbara you know stealing show it's definitely uh lisa ann walters uh melissa is being a huge spotlight of season two i think hot take right here if we're third and third behind Waddingham and Ralph, I think Iowa Debris for the bear is someone we are not talking about. Oh, I'm definitely talking about her. I have her at number three, and I think she really is the stealth contender here because her star is starting to rise where she's getting oh, yeah. cast in more movies. And I'm just seeing her popping up a little bit more here and there. And she's such a standout character in the bear. She mm-hmm. really takes command of a lot of scenes that she's in. The only thing that I worry about with the bear overall is the constant complaint that Barry also suffers from, which is it's not really a comedy. Yeah, but that, I think that will translate more into like, quote unquote, like the wins than like the noms, because like Barry still did pretty solid. I think what the only real bad miss last season was like, I don't know how Sarah Goldberg doesn't get nominated for that season. Yeah, but like, it'd be bad. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, Kerrigan got in and Winkler and and Bill Hader and, you know, writing and direct or I don't remember writing, but the director. I mean, I think that's why we don't have Sarah Goldberg in our collective predictions getting in right now, because a lot of people are doubting Mm -hmm. her coming back after they didn't put her in for that phenomenal season. I agree. I agree. I think with a I will say she also could be potential double nominee because actually maybe triple because she does guest star in Abbott. So if they do want to do their comedy and she did write one of the better episodes of what we do in the shadows um, this past season and that writer's branch adores that show. She like you said, Matt, she is she's rising at like the right time. Like she is everywhere now. Best supporting actor in a comedy series went to Henry Winkler for Barry. Awesome win. Now he won the Emmy for the first season, did not win for season what you know two or three mm-hmm. and obviously we haven't seen season four yet so we can't really say anything on the matter yeah i mean we i think we can all agree he's probably going to give a damn good performance in this final season sure i wouldn't put it past him yeah no i think that that character and everything in season three he's great so i mean that was a cool win at critics choice um but like you know a lot of these we're talking about like avid being strong here and everything is just you know we don't have lasso in it so like we can't really compare because so far two episodes into ted lasso you know brett goldstein is always you know charming as ever and we just our favorite lovable gruff soccer coach you know so we'll have to see but i mean i i think it really depends how that fourth season of barry turns out especially how much they dial into like the seriousness that we kind of like mentioned earlier, like that change from season two to three, I think probably shocked a lot of Emmy voters. I mean, it shocked me. I wasn't expecting it to go that heel turn of a tone and it's great, but we don't know if, you know, season four, they are going to continue going down that path or if it's maybe a bit funnier. So I, it's, it's just a wait and see thing right now, currently for Barry and Henry Winkler. Best Actress in a Comedy Series, Jean Smart, Hacks, not going to be up for the Emmys this year. Now, one person that we haven't mentioned, though, that I want to bring up, Christina Applegate, dead to me. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, she's definitely been getting a, a lot of press and she's been very open about, you know, her MS and all that. And I, I haven't seen the last couple of seasons, but I'm I'm sure she's great. She is very good. Did you did Matt, did you see it? No, I have not. I think the season three was very much not great, but Applegate and Cardellini were like easily the only reason to watch. Like their chemistry alone is so entertaining and so funny. Um, but Applegate is very, very good. I don't know if I would say when, but again, like, you know, the stuff that, you know, everyone loves a good narrative and she's great. And I don't think she's ever won before. So, I mean, you know, crazier things have happened. So it could be a thing. Uh, best actor in a comedy series, Critics' Choice one with Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. As I said before, he's won everything that he's been up for so far for it. Best comedy series, Abbott Elementary. Best supporting actress in a drama series, Jennifer Coolidge. Now, here's an interesting one. Best supporting actor in a drama series, they went with Giancarlo Esposito for Better Call Saul. Giancarlo Esposito has not won an Emmy for Better Mm-mm. Call Saul still. Yeah. After also being nominated for Breaking Bad. Uh, but is there a, the passion to want to reward him as much as... So, in comparing like the passion to reward Bob, Rhea, and Giancarlo, the way I kind of see it is... I think Rhea Seahorn is an online-only thing. I can see that, sadly. I think Giancarlo Esposito is helped by the fact that he shows up in other shows frequently, popular shows too, like The Boys, The Mandalorian, keeps his profile alive. Bob Odenkirk, I think, was aided tremendously, and I hate saying it like this, but it's true, by you know what happened with him with having the heart attack. And I think that, that there was just this appreciation for Bob as a performer that was, you know, definitely there before. The guy's been nominated, you know, for the show multiple times, but you could really feel the love for him. And mm-hmm. it was a real shame that he did not win for last season. And I think all of us are all holding out hope that he's somehow going to pull it off, you know, this year. But I don't know. I... I is this like John Hammond Madman where they just wait until the final season? I, I I don't I don't know. Okay. Yeah. For for Odenkirk or for I mean, really for any of them. <laughs> I, I I think you know what you we were talking about a while back and you're like, you know, this show might just goose egg till the end. Yeah, I've said that before. I've said that a couple of times now on this show where I think Better Call Saul's legacy is almost cooler. If it goes its entire run without winning a single Emmy award. Yeah, it's like The Wire, you know, it just they just didn't get they didn't get it. But um, I, I, I for years I was saying like, oh, Bob Odenkirk is uh, Matthew. He's a uh, Matthew Reese. He's a John Hamm, you know, that they'll wait to the final season. Like, you know, and then Brian Cox is just <laughs> doing that because he's not he's never won. And you know, this is his, this is also his final season, and he is putting on a masterwork in succession. And we'll probably talk about that later. But it's just this momentum, and I it would have to be a pure passion thing for Bob. But I think he's number two. He's got the work that those final like three or four episodes. He's amazing, like some of the best work he's ever done. So like he's still in there. It, AMC will have to run a. a damn good campaign but one thing i really want to know for amc and we we were just mentioning him john carlo he's like in two episodes of this like final he's like in the final seven episodes that came out he's like in the first two and it's barely maybe one episode in the beginning like he could like if they were smart like put him in guest actor no because they didn't do that with mondo last year so why would they do that with john carlo this year Maybe maybe they'll value maybe they'll take it more seriously because it's John Carlo and he's the however many time Emmy nominee already compared to Michael Manda who's never been nominated before you know no I think I think you're holding out hope I am holding out hope you know because God damn it what are we without hope Matt okay good predictors 
Yeah, yeah. But, you know, John Carlo, cool critic's choice win, but I think it might just be a critic's choice win. Well, Best Actress in a Drama Series was also just a critic's choice win, although it did translate to an Emmy last year. But she won't be up this year as Zendaya for Euphoria. And this is leaving the category this year uh, wide open for somebody else to take it. And a lot of us last year thought it was possible that Melanie Linsky would win for Yellow Jackets. But now with Zendaya not in the category, I do think that there is a strong possibility that Melanie Linsky could capitalize on that. However, my current hunch at this moment is I wonder if they want to create a moment with Emma Darcy. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, I think Melanie Linsky has the, the fact that Yellow Jackets is currently airing. It's going to be on voters' minds. And she's kind of everywhere, too. She popped up on The Last of Us. And uh, I, I forgot know. about that. Oh, yeah. She was on The Last Everyone was on The Last of Us. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and also Yellow Jackets above, like, because I'm not going to say, like, overall House of Dragon isn't going to be as strong, because that will be, like, a tech thing for sure. Um, but, like, I think above the line type stuff, like, they really adored Yellow Jackets. Like, you can get multiple directing and writing and more acting nominations this year. But hear me out, though, with this. There's no heat for Elizabeth Moss. There's no heat for Melda Staunton. Bella Ramsey is a kid. They're not going to do that. This is really coming down to Melanie and Emma and with Emma Darcy as a non-binary actor who can give a very powerful speech in that moment of conflicted feelings of winning that award. It would get headlines. Also, it would be a really cool representative win for that show if it's not going to win drama series. And Melanie Linsky is a respected actress who is getting cast in other projects. A lot of people are familiar with her and her work. Emma Darcy... Not so much. That's a that's a star making win moment for a career at that point. I mean, I see the narrative. I think they are fantastic in the show. I agree. I agree with you. But I mean, this might be more of my personal opinion. I wasn't as huge on like House of the Dragon as everyone else. I know you love the show. I don't know. I just think that Melanie Linsky is really liked. And she is really, really good in Yellow Jackets. How can you say she's really liked if she didn't win last year? It was her first nomination. Especially when she was winning all these other precursors in the lead up to it. She she didn't really. Okay. Okay. She didn't really win many precursors. And also, like, if it wasn't Zendaya last year, it was going to be Laura Lenny. Like, it wasn't going to be. Linsky was three. Linsky was just liked. And it was a debut season. It was her first nomination. Now she's coming in. Round two. No Zendaya. No Laura Lenny. Bella Ramsey, like you said, I think really young. That's we talk about star making role. Uh, Emma Darcy is uh, good. She made, she, her star was made on Game of Thrones for the record. Oh, 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 yeah, Lydia, Lydia Mormont again. But like, Mel, I think I really think it's. I think we might be overthinking it. I think I really think it's Melanie Linsky currently. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Melanie Linsky at the moment, but I mean, I can definitely see Emma Darcy happening, happening, and that would be pretty cool. Although. I would personally pick Melanie Linsky. Okay. Then we had uh, Bob Odenkirk. We talked about that before. And then drama series also went to Better Call Saul. Now, Better Call Saul had such a good night at the Critics' Choice Awards that I was hopeful that it would somehow repeat at the SAG Awards. But it just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. It didn't come to pass. And so Better Call Saul has kind of just been... Once again, one of those shows where the respect is there, but I don't think the love is there. And that's been the problem with the show, I think, since day one. And it's struggled to find an audience. You know, it, it didn't it didn't do the same numbers as Breaking Bad did. I mean, over time, the adoration and the critical reception got to a point where if it was competing for its final season last year, I think it could have definitely have one a category or two but seeing as how we are a year later since its final season aired i'm even struggling to figure out if they're even going to nominate the damn thing because last year i feel like the nominations that it got for um the first half of its final season it got those by the skin of its teeth 
Yeah. Like the show and Odenkirk and Seorn. I'm a little bit more hesitant on John Carlo and like maybe like a cinematography nom and an editing nom or like a, a directing, you know, but like, hey, again, this is a show that every season dramatically approves upon the previous season. Like it is so fantastic. If you've not seen Better Call Saul, like go watch Better Call Saul. I just wished Emmy voters watch Better Call Saul. So the SAG Awards recognize Stranger Things with the Stunt Ensemble Award. Once again, I don't buy that TV movie crap. I think Stranger Things will contend for its two episodes. Uh, But I, I don't think it's going to contend for drama series as a result of that. I think it will still just get those tech awards. Yeah, probably just in the tech areas. I can't imagine getting anything else. I mean, if it does get in the drama series, holy crap, then the stronghold that that show would have over Emmy voters would be super strong at that point, I would argue. Yeah. Like, because it would be a year removed from its airing. (laughs) Yep. And it would just be on the strength of those two freaking episodes. Now, those two episodes were giant episodes. I mean, cinematic heaven, really. But yeah, they're, they're like whole movies, how long they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we talked about Jessica Chastain. We talked about Sam Elliott. Uh, Gene Hacks winning. For, uh, Gene Hacks. Gene Smart wins for Hacks. Not eligible this year. Jeremy Allen White. We talked about that. Abbott Elementary for Ensemble in a comedy series. We talked about that. And we talked about Jennifer Coolidge. I'm just going through here. Jason Bateman for Ozark. Not a factor anymore. Um, outstanding performance by an ensemble in the drama series goes to White Lotus Sicily. Um, I did ask this before, but I kind of want to get like an official read on it from you guys. Do you think the White Lotus competing in drama could win drama series? Or is this going to be like Downton Abbey where it did so well in limited series, then when it moved to drama, it went or two here or there you know, in certain categories, but it couldn't contend to win for the big prize. Yeah, I'm not expecting it to win drama series, but it definitely can still win in other categories. So, yeah, I think that, you know, move to the drama category will not be hugely detrimental, but yeah, definitely not going to be as strong as it was the first season. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I would say that I think my big thing is that Succession is here. Succession, final season. They love Succession. If Succession was not a factor this year, I would be a bit more nervous about the White Lotus. I mean, I'm kind of in a mindset right now where even if Succession's ending completely shits the bed, disappoints a lot of people, and everybody hates how it goes, just remember, Game of Thrones. I was, yeah, I was literally just, just as you were saying that, I was just thinking, well, yeah, Game of Thrones didn't win its last season. So, yeah, Exactly. Like, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it feels preordained. It really does, yeah. And, I mean, two episodes in, as I've said, and it's fucking gangbusters already. Like, it's insane how great it is so far. And if they keep this momentum up, like, I don't see how anything else beats it. Well, we did it. We got through all of the previous award shows that honored television this se- uh, season. Some of the contenders are crossing over. Some of them are not eligible. But what's always eligible are the questions from you guys. Let's go over to the fans of MVP. Let's see what questions they have for us here for the first time for our Next Best Series podcast episode. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. 
life sucks as it grows up. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> uh, from Faded Jerry 321, do you guys think that because this could be Ted Lasso's last season, it will increase its chances of winning Best Comedy again at the Emmys? Or have other shows like Abbott the Bear overtaken it? Not to mention the Barry of it all and the chance that it, that it isn't the last season. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've said that this is the final season of Barry, like straight up in the marketing. Yeah, they they are, they are done. It's over. yeah. I, I just feel like Barry Barry's chance to win for series came and went. I would be shocked if it somehow was able to rise and take it. I really feel strongly that this is going to go to Ted Lasso again. Yeah. Yeah. It seems pretty undeniable at this point, but I mean, nothing is undeniable, I guess, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely stronger case for Ted Lasso to win that than Barry. Caroline Gill drama actor is so competitive this year, but actress might be a little lighter depending on how submissions shake out. Could Bella Ramsey win over Melanie Linsky if season two isn't as popular? Uh, I guess they're referring to Yellow Jackets season two. Um, we kind of said this earlier, I guess. Um, we all have Melanie Linsky ahead of Bella, right? Nobody has Bella ranked ahead yeah, of her. No, no uh, I mean, Bella is only, what, 20, 19 or 20. She's pretty young. I mean, so is Zendaya, but. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would say Zendaya had like a bit more like everything going for it. like Zendaya was like huge child star and she's in hit movies and it was just like everything worked out and then after that first win you know it's, it was only more and more like the show just blew up but I mean also with Yellow Jackets again I, I would say maybe you know the second season wasn't good we'd be worried but again so far pretty damn good Ryan Rabidou do you think Jenna Ortega could be a, a surprise sleeper contender and pull off a win at the Emmys. I actually think this is more possible than people are giving it credit for. I will be with people then. I I don't I don't think so. I think it's possible because I mean, you just said it yourself a second ago, Gio. Yes, she's young, but she's been in hit movies, hit shows. I mean, that was a very popular show. Wednesday that's true. And she's been in so many different places. She's been in all these horror movies like Scream and such. So, I mean, she's definitely on people's minds. She presented. I mean, I, I have her getting nominated. I, I think I, I, I agree with that statement will translate for her getting a nomination. I think a win is a bit. I mean, I, I, I thought Wednesday was all right. I think that's also I don't know how like an actress winning for a show where she's constantly outright in public being like, yeah, they're doing this and this is dumb and I didn't like this. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. And constantly like I don't think Wednesday as a whole is going to really do great Emmys wise. I think that more so that show is like translated through Jenna Ortega's not like that's how I think with Poker Face, like even a Poker Face doesn't really like pan out entirely. I think it's more so like Natasha Leone, like that's the show. Okay, so Scott Kernan asks, considering how disorganized the season has been so far with this category, what do you think is the actual front runner for limited series this year? <laughs> oof, oof. <laughs> well, we kind of discussed it earlier, and, and yeah, it is kind of up in the air and a mess at the moment, so I still am not sure about that. <laughs> I, I, I guess Monster. I mean, like it could get multiple acting wins and sure like i mean there's still stuff coming out so we have time here's hope you know something better can steal momentum so paul meredith here has two questions first question the top four contenders and drama supporting actress are currently jennifer coolidge sarah snook rhea seahorn and elizabeth debicki do you think any of them will or should go lead given how barren that category currently is i i said this earlier i don't think anyone should go lead um i mean I would say Snook because I, if in terms, okay, this is not in terms of entirely of her being a lead, but more so like I would want her to win. And like, I know Linsky will be back and I know I'm too doubtful that I would trust the, the TV Academy to like be like, Oh, we just like Coolidge. So we're just going to give her the win again. So what I'm hearing is that you're willing to commit category fraud for strategic purposes. Yes. You got me. 
I mean, I mean, it, maybe it's not category frauds. There is an argument to be made that Sarah I mean, Snook yeah. really is a lead on that show. I would say compared to Coolidge, too, because I mean, like, I know Succession's an ensemble, but sh- I feel like she has a lot more focus compared to, like, Jennifer Coolidge, who I feel like a lot of it's tied to Haley Lou Richardson this season and and Tom Hollander and all those group of characters, you know? No, I would actually argue that if there was a lead from White Lotus, which I don't think there is for the record, but if there was, I would say it was Aubrey Plaza. I agree. So, yeah, no, none of them should go lead. And then uh, he has another question here. Will Bill Hader be able to submit the entire last season to Barry for comedy directing like they do in limited series? Or will he have to pick just one episode? I'm pretty confident he has to pick one episode. Yeah. Although, although even like, let's say hypothetically he could. I That's just, you know, you don't want to always breast idea because then you're just um, vote splitting yourself. Especially because he did every episode. So I don't know if that would be. The best decision but again we haven't seen it so for all we know every episode he directs maybe is just like 10 out of 10 greatest thing on tv all year i mean anytime he does direct an episode on that show oh, it is the fantastic. best thing so yeah seriously like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again like th- don't take my like way i phrased that sentence to make it sound doubtful like I, bill Hader is a capable director i'm very <laughs> excited for Barry. i'm pretty sure he's won the dga award for every year he's been up for the show I think he, yeah, I think he has, which is, it's pretty, pretty cool. Grace Kogan, now that Ozark is over and award season is behind us from last year, why do you think Laura Linney was snubbed throughout its run? Was it because her character was unlikable or was she just overshadowed by Julia Garner? Yeah, the second half, I would say. I don't think. I would, I, oh, no, I would argue it was the first half. I think it was the character really? being unlikable. Yeah. Like, I mean, Okay, like I get it. Wendy is And it was a two, and it was a two-hander show. Okay, I don't agree with this entire concept, but like Anna Gunn won for Breaking Bad and people complain about Skyler. Not lead. Oh, true. Okay. Damn, you know what? So, are you going to agree with it now? I mean, I would I do agree with that her being overshadowed. Like I think when I thought of that show as Julia Garner or like Jason Bateman, although when it came to the Emmys, they were like he's the behind the scenes thing. We will give him an Emmy for that. Unless you were SAG. They they just like Jason Bateman. They gave him like two wins out of the four seasons. Yeah, and Julia Garner did extraordinarily yeah. well winning three Emmys for that role. Yeah. So she, they they loved her. So, um, yeah, I think Laura Linney's problem with that show was she was always having to share the spotlight with Jason Bateman. Yeah. And if she should have won for a season again, should have been season three because uh, that was brilliant. And that Zendaya shock when happened. So, I mean, I'm not complaining about it. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Look, Laura Linney has Emmys already, you know, so I'm totally fine. Like, I, I not to mention, you know. say what you will about Euphoria, but Zendaya's performance in it is phenomenal. It really yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah, Matt, if you know me, I'm not going to say anything at all about Zendaya, okay? Because 10 out of 10. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, no complaints. And you've said enough this episode, so let's uh, <laughs> let's call it here for episode 31. Uh, this has been, I think, a good, good show coming back to talk about these shows, where they stand in the Emmy race. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about episodes that we're watching in particular as they're airing. Uh, we'll even maybe discuss a trailer or two for new shows that are going to be airing as they, uh, you know, uh, show those online. And if there's any new awards talk, we'll also bring that up as well. We'll continue to answer some fan questions. Maybe we'll do some other things, too. Who knows? We'll see how this continues to develop over the next couple of weeks. But we will be back with another recorded episode here. And I promise that's when we'll get into some more television talk about what we actually are watching currently at this time. Until then, Alyssa Christian, where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at Vegan Movie Stop. Giovanni Lago, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at the Giovanni Lago. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Next Best Series, Episode 31. We are part of the next best picture podcast which i'm sure you all listen to it is part of the evergreen podcast network and if you want to leave us a review on apple podcasts by all means write us a comment rate us five stars anything less than five stars is unacceptable but we really really appreciate your feedback your support you can subscribe to us anywhere of course where you subscribe to pro uh, to podcasts just type us into your search engine. You'll find us. Don't worry. (laughs) 
And also, too, if you want to subscribe to us on Patreon, for $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us, including these next upcoming episodes of Next Best Series. I am very sorry. We are not going to be putting these episodes out for free for everybody. But if you want to hear more, if you like what you heard here, by all means, consider giving us a subscription at Patreon for $1 minimum a month. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.